I would say my personal favorite, and nothing like super spectacular happened, but it was just a hike that was just him and me, because occasionally I go with like a friend, but it was like probably the furthest we went out into the wilderness, just the two of us. And it was just a great day. We went far into the woods, you know, a few, like it was probably, you know, six or seven mile round trip hike. And it was like, we were the only people on the trail or I was the only person on trail. He was the only cat. And uh, it was just really nice. And it was just like really fun to just connect with him. And just the two of us have this whole like magical, like old growth forest to ourselves. Welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. You know the drill. We'd love it if you could screenshot this podcast on your phone or take a photo of what you're doing while listening. Share it to your Instagram stories and tag us at catexplorer.community and our wonderful guest at Maple the Muse. We can't wait to hear what you think and we'll share your takeaways with everyone. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Today's review is from Adventure Cat Peaches. In my professional opinion, the Cat Explorer podcast is fun, informative, and full of inspiring stories, touching on delicate topics such as handling grief to so many colorful stories about adventuring from others in the community. The diverse content is a awesome platform for those important and enjoyable discussions. Thank you so much, Adventure Cat Peaches. We really appreciate your review. And if you'd like to hear your review being read out on the Cat Explorer podcast, just leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, take a screenshot and send it to us via DM on Instagram. Thank you. I want to tell you about one of Lumos and Noxie's favorite foods, the Zeewee Peak Hockey Recipe. Mm, or perhaps it's a Zeewee Peak Lamb or maybe even their mackerel recipes. Either way, Lumos and Noxie are huge fans of Zeewee Peak. They come running every time they realize that it's Zeewee for dinner. And Daniel and I, we're fans too. We love that the Zeewee recipes are carefully crafted to mirror the whole prey, meat-rich diet that our kitties require. And on top of that, Zeewee only sources ingredients from humane, ethical and sustainably managed farms. Zeewee is a New Zealand-owned and operated business, born from a love of cats and dogs. The team behind Zeewee is inspired by the best of both worlds, the nutrition found in raw and fresh diets. Find Zeewee and get a taste of New Zealand wherever great pet food is found. Thank you for partnering with the Cat Explorer podcast, Zeewee. Cat Explorer is all about our community, and that's each and every one of you. And yes, I do run most of Cat Explorer behind the scenes, but sometimes I do turn to a few of you for help and bounce ideas off you. And I'm so grateful for our guest today. Not only has Trevor and Maple been supporters of Cat Explorer from day one, Trevor has also been an amazing sounding board. You may not know this, but he came up with the hashtag, Real Men Walk Their Cat. And I'm so excited to chat to Trevor and about Sweet Maple today, as well as cat exploring and finding our cat's boundaries. Welcome to the podcast, Trevor. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're so excited to chat to you. And um, just for yourself and for all our listeners out there, Asara's actually a bit under the weather today, so she's actually on strong cold and flu medication and so we'll see how this goes as um, we get into this chat but what we want to start with today Trevor is um funny out a little bit about Maple how did she come into your life well Maple's a boy for starters sorry (laughs) no worries Um, you think I was on the cold and flu medication (laughs) Um, he came into my life I I, um I had been wanting to adopt a cat for a little while after, you know, bonding with a couple of friends' cats and just felt the need, you know, felt there was a void after, you know, connecting with some other cats. I was like, it would be nice to just have uh, like cat energy in my home. So I, I started looking like on Instagram accounts for local rescues and whatnot. And I, I initially intended to adopt like an adult cat, but I saw, I saw a photo of uh, Kit and Maple and I just had to reach out to a uh, Meow Village, which is the uh, rescue where I adopted him from. And, you know, after uh, a little while, they got back to me, said he was pre-adopted. I was a little bummed out, but I was going to continue my search. And then like two weeks later, out of the blue, they they contacted me and said the uh, adoption didn't work out. He was returned. Would you like to take him home? I'm like, absolutely. 
and the rest is history. <laughs> oh, that's a great origin story. Can you tell us a little bit about Maple and what his personality is like? Oh, he's a uh, he's just turned two in April, so he's still pretty young and has a lot of energy. You know, the zoomies are a daily occurrence, and he likes to play a lot. And I mean, he's just. He's kind of like a fake tough guy. He'll like chatter out the window at the dogs in the yard next door. But I know in his heart of hearts, he doesn't want any part of them. And <laughs> But, you know, aside from being like a fake tough guy, he, he's a very sweet guy in the morning. He'll come up, wake me up every morning. I want to snuggle. And for that, I'm very grateful because the rest of the day, he just kind of wanders and he's independent and he does his thing. He's kind of coming over here now. <laughs> He sounds like a great companion. He is. He's the best. So, Trevor, what gave you the idea to train Maple to be a cat explorer? Well, um, I live in the city. It's pretty urban. It's very busy. I'm in the corner of a, a main street and um, of a small yard. And I share, or I, I have an apartment, and it's just very small for the two of us. You know, he's a cat. I feel like I, I wanted to offer him more stimulus than than just our living quarters could provide. So, you know, I go to this one store on the other side of town here called Roar, and they, they kind of nudged me in the direction of, you know, harness training. So I, I thought that was a pretty unique, interesting idea. I wasn't very well aware of that cats could do that at the time. But I said, why not? Let's let's see what we can do. I wanted him to have a, a very rich, happy life. And if uh, harness training went well, I think he would be a very happy guy. And I think it's gone pretty well so far. That's so awesome. I just wanted to um, mention Raw because they sound like an incredible place for cats, like an uh, incredible boutique. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about them and what they do? Um, it's uh, a cat boutique that's, um, it, it's offers a lot of um, like toys, like and they really encourage interactive play. So there's a great assortment of like wand toys. And the woman who owns it, uh, both the women who own it, one of them who kind of holds down the store, she's a, a, a vet, and she just has a, a wealth of knowledge. And I just lean on her for all kinds of advice and very grateful for them to have been a huge asset in the cat community here in Portland. And they also have just, like, the coolest toys and, like, T-shirts and everything for people who love cats. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really grateful for them because they've been very big supporters of Cat Explorer. So if you're in the Portland area, make sure you check out Raw. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we just love how there's these sort of like little stores, but they're just, you know, they do so much for the community and they they really help advocate the idea of exploring with their cats. So we know that Maple, through push the push by Raw, the people at Raw, is an awesome cat explorer. But if we go back to the beginning, how did you start cat exploring with Maple? And what kind of training did you do? Well, it was a very gradual process. Once I uh, purchased the harness and the leash, I just kind of left it on the floor in the living room for him to kind of become aware of it, I guess, and sniff it and kind of get comfortable with its presence, for starters. And after maybe a couple days of that, you know, I kind of slowly tried to get it over his head and on and strapped in. And once we were successful doing that, after a couple tries of you know, him being a little standoffish, I just you know gave him a bunch of treats, of course. He's food motivated. And then I just like took out like his favorite wand toys and played with that every time we put the harness on in the living room so he would associate it with something fun that he loves to do. We did that for, shoot, probably about a month before he even ventured out into the backyard. So there was quite a lot of sort of tiny steps, it seems like, to get Maple used to the idea of the harnesses and just getting them, just getting him used to, you know, being comfortable with it, which is, you know, it, it's very much the step-by-step process that I think a lot of people do take, and that's what seems to work the best. Yeah, I agree. I, I never want to uh, make him uncomfortable or feel like I'm forcing him to do something that he doesn't want to do. And once I like, you know, slowly like amped up the level of activity with the harness, 
he was responsive. And so we just kept going onward and, you know, eventually it evolved into full-on exploring everywhere. So you mentioned exploring everywhere. What sort of cat exploring does Maple do? Well, we do a lot of hikes, like in the city of Portland, there's a lot of great parks that are forested trails. And we've done a lot of hikes out in the Columbia River Gorge and, you know, up to some ridge lines with some great views. We've done some hiking in the Mount Hood Wilderness, which is a little further out. And then we've done a couple trips to the coast as well, but that wasn't his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just awesome. You guys do some amazing stuff. I wanted to um, rewind a little bit back to um, sure. when you first started harness training him and you started out in your backyard. Um, do you mind explaining the process of how you went from exploring the backyard to hiking? And did you, like, was there anything that you kept in mind in terms of trying to look for a location and stuff like that to go exploring? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so I guess the intermediate step that I overlooked was uh, from the backyard, just poking around there and getting comfortable with the surroundings and just getting comfortable walking around with the leash and the harness. We eventually just went to a neighborhood park, which is about 10 blocks away. I'd put them in my backpack and we'd walk down to the park in five, 10 minutes and I let him walk around there and climb some trees in a quieter area of the park, away from the dog off-leash area, of course. And um, he just really, really loved the park and climbing trees and exploring and checking out the pond because there's ducks there, so he loved that. And um, after several visits to our park in the neighborhood, I was like, let's go for a real hike because I love hiking, so why not? And uh, he took to that right away. So did did he have any issues with the park? Like, was it all smooth sailing or were there any sort of, um, you know, less than ideal moments in terms of progressing him from the backyard to the park and then on, eventually onwards to the hike? You no, know, it, it was pretty smooth, I, I got to admit. Save for like one or two times uh, an off-leash dog kind of encroached our space. Maple would hiss and the dog would back off and that was that. But that's kind of standard from my experience with, with cats and dogs out on the trail and in public in general. At least my cat. He's not a big fan of the dog. Ours too as well. He um, Maple definitely knows how to stand up for himself. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He's not taking any mess from anybody. Human, dog, <laughs> cat. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I suppose something that like I've just realized as you were talking about your experiences that we've never really shared with Noxie was um, – one of the first um, cat exploring experiences we did with her was we took her to a laneway that's near our house. It's usually pretty quiet. And um, it was actually quite traumatic for me because someone um, came just walking up the laneway, as you do, because it's a laneway, people walk up it, and Noxie just freaked out. And she was jumping up and she was trying to get out of the harness. And I think that was a moment where I was just like, oh, I don't know whether we're doing the right thing. I know she really likes going to parks, but I'm not sure whether this is the right spot. But now, like, fast forward a year and a bit later, like, she loves that laneway. I think it was just um, what we learned was that we had to try and find times to go when there are, when the laneway is not that busy and stuff like that. And I, I share that because I know a lot of people have that one-off experience very early on that makes you really question what you're doing. And if you can see that your cat does enjoy it, I think um, it's worthwhile to keep going. I agree. I mean, Maple... Uh... He doesn't like when the trails are very crowded with joggers and dogs. He always, you know, when somebody's approaching, he'll like go a little bit off trail and just kind of watch them as they go by until they're out of sight. And then he'll like take over the trail like it's his trail and just get the candy cane tail and get all confident and his chest puffs out. But if there's like a bunch of, you know, traffic, I guess, he's a little standoffish. Yeah, and... Your experience and seems to echo what we've experienced as well and what many other people in the community have experienced in that the process of training your cat to be a cat explorer isn't always going to be an overnight easy feat, but at the end of the day, it's, it is well worth it because the cat just loves it. But you, you, you need to keep in mind that it is slow and steady steps. It will take a bit of training and sometimes it is a little bit of trial and error as well in that, you know, like we found with the, harness and noxie and 
getting freaked out. It is about trying to just find the right conditions that will help allow your cat to get used to this idea of exploring. So it's no, there's no one size fits all, but I guess the advice there is just to keep at it and just make sure, you know, your cat's comfortable, your cat's happy, and it will work out in the end. Yes. I mean, Maple uh, doesn't always have a great day, but most days are great. Sometimes he doesn't want to go outside. I'll get the harness on him, and he'll just sit in the kitchen, and I'll have the back door open, and he'll just he'll refuse to move, and I know that's not our day. And then other days that he's, like, trying to get out the door before I can get the harness on him, and that obviously I'll never let that happen. But I've just kind of, like, become, like, really in tune with, like, his body language and how he feels about the situation, and I follow his lead instead of making him follow mine. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think um, a question that I get asked quite often is how do I read my cat? And I think there are ways, like, for example, the happy candy cane tail or, like, the way they meow and stuff. But one of the biggest things that I've learned with Lumos and Noxie is that each cat is really different as well. And I think sometimes it just takes some time to learn to read that body language. And it sounds like, you were ma- you, like you're doing an awesome job with that with Maple. Thank you. And just to add as well, like, sometimes – you make a good point away. Sometimes it's just not their day. And, you know, it's just like us as humans. Sometimes we're raring to go in the morning and sometimes we're like falling out of bed going, why, why am I getting up and doing this? So it is, you know, just a case of understanding moods because, you know, no one's a robot. Cats aren't robots. We're not robots. And you, you definitely know when your cat's waiting at the door, ready to go, that they want to go. And I've got Lumos here. He's, um, I'm not sure if anyone can hear, but he's making a lot of noise, and he's keen. He's keen to join the podcast. <laughs> he's been showing us a lot of his belly as well. More to Mario. Come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trevor, you mentioned sometimes you have those good days. What's been your most memorable cat exploring experience? Oh, geez. Um, I would say my personal favorite, and nothing like super spectacular happened, but it was just a hike that was just him and me because occasionally I go with like a friend but it was like probably the furthest we went out into the wilderness just the two of us and it was just a great day we went far into the woods you know a few like it was probably you know six or seven mile round trip hike and it was like we were the only people on the trail or I was the only person on trail he was the only cat and uh it's just really nice and it's just like really fun to just connect with him and just the two of us have this whole like magical like old growth forest to ourselves you know just along a beautiful river and you know like by mount hood where there's glaciers and everything it's just uh, that was just the best wow it's the simple things isn't it that really just make it a memorable and special experience for sure so then we often get asked, how often should you go cat exploring? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, Because do you go once a day? Do you go you know, once a week? And what usually helps determine how often you would go? Well, I mean, I work a Monday through Friday schedule. So weekends are my opportunities to take him outside. And living in the Pacific Northwest, we do have a pretty uh, – substantial rainy season and he's no fan of uh exploring in the rain so we don't do a whole lot when the weather doesn't permit i've considered maybe getting a backpack with better coverage and maybe just doing a hike with him in the pack most of the time but i I haven't quite got there yet but now that the weather is better here we've been going about once a week and that seems to be a good fit and that could be just an hour in the backyard It could be an hour or two at the park down the street I was talking about earlier, or it could be like a, you know, a good excursion where we go on an hour drive to, you know, a trailhead somewhere and spend a few hours in the woods and come back. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Out of curiosity, has Maple tried wearing a raincoat? No, I've resisted pretty much all clothing except the harness. Yep, yep, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get it for practical reasons, but I have a feeling he might not like it. And I don't know. I'm not into dressing him up. So, 
Yeah, I get that. Um, Lumos and Noxie are the same. I don't really give them a lot of costumes or anything. Um, I did when we first got them and I learned very quickly that they don't like them. But um, a caveat that I'm going to do is actually I'm going to start getting them to wear bandanas because Noxie overheats very quickly. So I really like the idea of cooling bandanas. Um, But, yeah, I understand the raincoat. The raincoat is they look very – I don't, restrictive is not the right word, but it covers a lot of their body. So if a cat doesn't like having things on, it's definitely um, not ideal. I mean, Maple doesn't wear a collar when we're just sitting in the apartment, you know, so a raincoat seems a bit ambitious to try. Yeah, definitely. So we usually, we were talking about hiking before and how you liked hiking, so you got Maple into hiking. Did you need to do any training to sort of get him to be a good hiker? Well, I don't know how good of a hiker he actually is. He's really good at, like, sniffing ferns and and climbing trees. He'll hike alongside me for short spurts, you know, 100 meters or so. And we'll always start with him in the backpack, and then I'll just start my hike. And then he'll climb out of the backpack and launch himself off of my shoulder, and I'll know he's ready to go hiking. And he'll do that for a while till a bird catches his attention or a particular blade of grass is absolutely like, you know, amazing to him or something. So it's it's a little bit of, uh, you know, him hanging out for a bit. Then I get tired of being in the same spot and I'll scoop him up and maybe put him back in the backpack and we'll repeat that cycle over the course of the hike. That sounds like Noxy style of hiking as well, where she'll sprint for a while, stop, sniff everything around her, get angry at a, a tree or a bush that's a dog's peed on, and then get yep. really worked up, and then keep going again. So, no, I, I sympathize with you there. It's That's their style of hiking, I suppose. You know, when I have friends who want to join me on hikes with Maple, I let them know that it's not like going on a hike with a dog or just a couple people. And usually the people that join us also have cats, so they totally get it. <laughs> I do have to say, Maple's way of hiking is a lot better than Lumos's. Lumos's is just sit in the backpack. We struggle to get him out and about walking. So <laughs> Maple's doing really well there. He's doing all right. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I haven't done any really long hikes yet this season. So we'll see how it goes once that we're, we're kind of building our way back up to that again now after you know a lot less frequent you know outdoor activity over the course of uh, the rainy season. So. Mm-hmm. Like we did probably a nine or 10 mile hike. That was probably the longest last year. And it was a warm day and he was definitely in the backpack for the last little while. So we'll see how it goes once we do uh, some more longer hikes later this summer. That sounds incredible. Um, I've got a question. So people ask me, how did you train Lumos and Noxie to hike? Well, I suppose more Noxie. And to be completely honest, we just went on a hiking trail and she just started following it. Was it the same for Maple? Yeah, he seems to follow the trail like pretty well. He'll if like but if an animal catches his attention, that changes things. <laughs> but I mean, he just wants to hang out with me, so if I'm hiking, he's going to hike with me or he'll just, you know, want to climb a tree and I let him do that. I'm not going to force him to keep hiking. You I mean, the part, the whole idea of him exploring is for him to be entertained. It's the hike is less about me nowadays. It's more about what Maple wants to do, and then we kind of take turns on, you know, forcing our agendas. I guess <laughs> that's the best way to do it. But um, yeah, it's like I struggle to say exactly how we got Noxie just following the trail. I, sometimes we do have a situation where. And one of us has to be in front and like constantly calling her and even especially with Lumos, like calling him to come. Um, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. For us, I think we can't claim much credit because she did it very naturally. And like what Sarah was saying, it's just, we put in a couple of um, little controls such as calling, like, so one person would be leading and calling so that we allow her to sort of follow our voice and follow both because usually it would be me for, uh, leading and I'd have Lumos in the back, so she would be following Lumos and I in the, at the front. But otherwise, she follows the trail reasonably well until she finds a bush with dog pee in it or a bird. Exactly. 
Yeah, Maple, I guess it just kind of happened organically or instinctively for him. He kind of knew what to do once we were on a proper trail instead of just being at a city park. It just kind of worked out. So how is he liking a city park? Well, we have like a few spots in this one particular park that are away from like where more crowds congregate or dogs hang out. And I pretty much take him to this park to climb a few trees that he really likes to climb that have like lower branches and he can kind of, you know, go all over the place in these trees. Cause I mean, and of course he's on the leash the whole time he's climbing the tree. So sometimes he wants to go higher and I got to give a little tug, but it works out. He still gets it. still gets his tree climbing in. So you mentioned before that, with the seasons and how it's wet, you you may not do something as often. Do you ever find with Maple that he would lose his skills a little bit? Like, for example, if you didn't go hiking as much during winter and when it's raining, does he seem to sort of forget his skills or is he generally pretty good at picking up pretty quickly? You know, this being our second season of hiking, I've noticed that actually a little bit where – He's a little more cautious now than he was, say, like last fall before the rainy season really started. So we're kind of building our way back up to, you know, more ambitious hikes. Hopefully that doesn't happen every season, but if that's the case, so be it. He's still having a good time. Mm, That's a good point because I'd say that with Lumos, and clicker training, if we don't clicker train as often, he's a little bit rusty as well. So it takes him a little bit longer to get into it. And same with Noxie, I suppose, as well. Like It'll take him a little bit longer to get into it because they're just not right on point. And you, I suppose you think about it and you say, well, that's expected because with anything, like if you don't practice and sharpen your skills, you're not going to be able to be you know, right on point like you were doing it every day. So, yeah, well, I'll be interested to see how that uh, unfolds for you, Trevor. Yeah, me too. Hopefully, uh, you know, he continues to get bolder and uh, more ambitious as the uh, summer goes on. I I expect him to because that's how it went last year. And it was like he probably went on his first proper hike about this time last year. So like June. I I think he'll definitely be doing a lot more hiking over the next couple of months. Out of curiosity, during those rainy periods, how do you keep him entertained at home? Because I'm not sure what the maples like Lumos, but if we don't go out enough or don't take him out enough, he gets really whiny, really whingy. We don't get any sleep. Um, he gets really naughty and um, he gets really agitated. So, um, But sometimes you can't go out because it is raining or there's time pressures or things like that. So how do you keep maple um, – well, does maple – become agitated like that and how do you keep him entertained oh if he doesn't get exercise or some kind of uh you know interactive play he'll uh he'll just kind of like go attack my ankles he'll like launch himself and want to play bite and stuff like that so to avoid you know getting uh scratched up and, and whatnot we play with a lot of wand toys we try and, i try and do it every day not sometimes i can't just because i'm so tired or my schedule is full but if I can get like anywhere from 15 to say 30 minutes of like playing with the bird or some other like kind of wand toy and he just gets to jump and like, you know, do his uh, hunting instincts that, that that makes a world of difference with his behavior. And that's definitely a staple during the rainy season. And also, if we do get a break in the weather for a few minutes, I'll like I'll get him in the backyard even for 15 minutes just to get him outside to smell everything and, you know, check out birds up close. No, that's a good um, good suggestion and something that we need to take a bit more uh, heed in because, yeah, we we don't do the one toys as much as Lumos would like, I'd say, and same as the backyard. So he's t- definitely telling us to um, play with him with the one toys and that's something we definitely should do. Now, we talked about the start, the types of cat exploring that Maple likes, but has there any has there been any types of cat exploring that you've tried with Maple that you realize it wasn't something he enjoyed? Oh yeah, he does not like the beach at all. He's kind of scared. We've gone twice to the coast, and that might be it. 
I don't know if it was just the, the loudness of the constant crashing of the waves or the wide open space because he's used to being in an apartment in the city or hiking in the forest uh, or a combination of those two factors. But he would try and hide wherever he could at the very back of whichever beach we were at and like try and hide under some big rocks or something. And he would meow a lot and he seemed a little distressed. So those, those beach visits were pretty short lived. Yeah. I think um, beaches are something that um, we all want our cats to go there, but it's not something they necessarily enjoy. Um, something we've discovered Lumos and Noxie is it needs to be a really quiet beach. So not one with a lot of waves and things like that. And then, um, I don't know whether this is an Australian thing or whether it's across all beaches, but we have like a, um, towards the back of the beach. So towards the end of the beach. So away from the water, there's always like, um, areas with a lot of vegetation and things like that. So they like sticking to that kind of area. And I'm um, like, I was also speaking to, um, other people who like to take their cats to the beach. And they were saying that one of their biggest things is they find a beach without waves. So usually it's like an inlet or, you know, um, I don't even know what the right words are. <laughs> Something, yeah. Yeah, so like it's so there's no waves. It's just mainly um, there just happens to be water with the beach. But then at that same time, your cat needs to be comfortable with open spaces. So, but I think it's great that you understood that Maple was meowing and he wasn't comfortable there. So, um, was he doing anything else that highlighted that he wasn't comfortable on the beach? I mean, he just would run in the opposite direction of the waves and. <laughs> I mean, the see here in Oregon, the, the the coastline's pretty rugged. There's not a lot of like great like swimming beaches and like like you know like warmer places, I guess. It's, and the forest comes all the way to the to the beach here. So fortunately, we just uh, left the beach and went on a hike in the, in the woods because that's how it is here. It's good that you recognize that there are activities that Maple doesn't like because it's like I said. We'd love our cats to all love the beach, and that's a dream I think many people have. And we'd love them all to enjoy all the exploring activities that we expose them to. Them to. But the reality is there's some that they don't like as much as others or not, or any at all. And that's, the, again, we keep, I keep saying this, it's the same as us people. Like, there's things that we don't like as people, you know, as activities. So it doesn't, it makes a lot of sense that cats are the same way. Yeah, they're all they all have their unique interests, just like us. Yeah, exactly. I'm giggling here because Daniel hates hiking, but I keep dragging him alone along because he <laughs> I have no us. idea. <laughs> I think you guys are avid hikers and whatnot. I am. Daniel is not. He he gets very cranky towards the end of the hikes. <laughs> Maybe that'll change in time. We're we're a little more practice. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> it's about selecting the right type of environments and finding the right types of hikes that are short enough and easy enough to do. And also have a beer at the end, I think. <laughs> that definitely helps. Yeah. So, Trevor, you and I have spoken briefly about First Cat Day and your experience um, when you took Maple there. So, for those who don't know, First Cat Day is a meetup that happens in um, every Saturday. Uh, well, the first Saturday of every month, sorry, in a few cities in the U.S. Do you mind telling us about um, your experience and Maple's experience at First Saturday and the decisions that you had to make? Yeah, sure. Um, so the the meetup for First Saturday here in Portland is actually at the park in my neighborhood that I was talking about earlier. So I was like, well, of course I'm going to go. We're familiar with that park. It's walking distance from home. When we get there, we're hanging out. A few people come with their cats and you know we're all kind of spread out on the grass and all the cats are kind of hanging out closer to their people they're not really socializing and then maple was kind of curious about a couple cats but i could just see him physically just tense up and like he started yowling a little bit and i was like i don't know this is behavior that i'm not so into and i could tell that he was a little unsure of the situation he hasn't really interacted with any other cats probably since, uh, you know, he was with his litter mates. So he was, he was a little unsure, and I, I, I took him home. I just, he seemed pretty stressed out. So then the next month came along. I said, let's give it one more shot, see how it goes. And it went worse. 
he was even more tense right away. And I had to scoop him up, get scratched, and get him back in the backpack. And we got out of there. And I don't think we're going to do it again. And I guess the first time he spent the majority of the time sitting up in a tree. So he had, like, you know, cats like to be above everything to feel safer. So he was doing all right up in the tree. But once he was down on the grass with all the people and the cats, he was, he was a little uh, unnerved, I guess. That's really unfortunate and sad, but... I suppose even what it highlights is that even though it is some you know a location that maybe we knew it's a park that he's frequented before, but it's just some things aren't for him and his personality, and you know, it's just exactly the point we're talking about about before. And it's a very fine line of understanding where his boundaries are and then pushing them so that they sort of try new things, but also knowing when you've gone too far and. I see in this case you've you've read that and you've gone, well, he's really in distress or he doesn't really like this situation. Let's take him out of it. Because for us as well, sometimes, you know, when you go exploring, you, you're you pushing the boundaries, but you also, you sort of have to stop and go, is this too far if they don't have a, you know, an adverse reaction to the beach or something? I'd just like to get your thoughts on how you sort of navigate whether you think you're pushing the kitties too far and sort of making the decisions as to whether it be good for them in the long term or is it's you know doing more harm than good right i think the like you know keeping on our 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 path with like hiking even with the good days and the bad days because i've seen how happy he is in those experiences so when he does have a bad day i just kind of figure out what led to the bad day let's try to avoid that for the next time but differently with the uh, social setting of first catter day he didn't seem to be very into it at any point except when he was in the tree removed from the situation somewhat so i was like he's really not enjoying this and i could tell by his like body language and the way he was like tensed up and puffed out and you know some of the sounds he were making he was making are sounds i've never heard before so i was like let's get him out of here before he may have a full meltdown nobody wants that so we left, and I think that's just the right way to go about it. I just I wouldn't I don't want him to be unhappy. I don't want him to to have any like PTSD or whatever. So yeah, I mean just really trying to be aware of his behavior in every situation and kind of interpreting that is, the, is that's the best I can do. And I I hope I'm doing a good job of it. He seems to be a pretty happy guy like 98 percent of the time. So. No, it does sound like you are doing a good job because, yeah, if I, from what you described to me, if I heard and saw those sort of signs with our two cats, I probably would have reacted much the same way because if at, at no point that they're having any enjoyment out of it, then that doesn't really, that sort of defeats the purpose. It doesn't mean that, you know, we should stay there then. And another point that I not often pick up on with our two is that if their heart starts beating really fast as well, it's sort of a sign to to sort of at least pay more attention to see, you know, how things are progressing and see if there's anything you can do to sort of calm them down. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get to the point of, like, panting or anything from being distressed. So, fortunately, we we, we uh, nipped that in the bud. But I could see that was probably the path we were on was getting to that point. Mm, okay. It's, yeah, so my thoughts on that is basically it, as cat explorers, we want to try things and push the boundaries to allow our cats to explore the world and really get out there and find new things that they enjoy. But at the same time, we've got to do it in a way that it's just much like the training you are describing in the very beginning, step-by-step process, really try and control those variables so that, you know, if they are in a noisy place and they don't seem to like it, let's get them back in the backpack. Let's get them back into, you know, somewhere a bit less noisy Let's get them back in the car or we'll try again next time or just, you know, give them a treat or something like that just to calm them down. And, you know, nothing, not everything works out, unfortunately. But when you do hit upon those moments and those experiences where they love it, it I think it's real, really worth it. I agree. I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of trial and error for a long time. And that's okay because I, I'm never going to stop trying to expose him to new situations, but I'm going to like keep in my back pocket 
how to maybe, you know, shape the situations for where he can be successful and have a good time. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I like that point about it's going to be a lot of trial and error. I think a lot of cat exploring is a trial and error and and also maybe some analysis afterwards to try and understand why things didn't go the way we expected them to. So sometimes like even our little ones are that like the kitties were sleeping when we decided that we were going to go out. So then they were cranky because we woke them up. Um, and then that resulted in a not so great experience for everyone. So um, I think sometimes you just need to sit there and look back at the experience and see why it went that way. Yeah, there's definitely varying degrees of the errors and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. So a popular hashtag in the Cat Explorer community is Real Men Walk Their Cats. And what a lot of people may not know is that you actually came up with that hashtag because I reached out to you when I was trying to come up with an appropriate hashtag and you worked your magic. Um, Part of the reason I wanted to create the hashtag is that we see so many cats being walked by their cat mums, but we don't see that many cat dads. And actually, at the recent Cat Explorer meetup in Sydney, um, so we're recording this in June 2019, so Daniel got really excited to meet another cat dad who did the same thing. And I think cat dads like yourself who walk their cats are amazing, but why don't we celebrate them more? And have you noticed that there aren't many male cat explorers on social media or in real life, or do I just have the blinkers on and I'm just not noticing them? I think that's an accurate assessment. I don't know why. I mean, I, I mean, men and women alike enjoy hiking and whatnot, and we all love cats. So I don't understand why there's uh, not more people like, or more men being visible about that. I mean, is, is it like a, a machismo thing? I have no idea. I mean, I think it's pretty cool to, you know, you know, love your, your animals in your life. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing soft about it. It's okay to, to you know, tell the world that you love your cat and you do cool stuff with him or her. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And maybe for everyone listening, like maybe, um, I don't know, I know I've made an extra effort to start posting more photos of Daniel walking the kitties because I want to try and highlight the fact that he's a male person walking the kitties. But I think um, use the real men walk their cats hashtag and um, we'll try and celebrate it more and yeah, highlight I think that's that, that something that should probably yeah. more of moving forward yeah yeah I'm, I'm always a little shy about posting my own picture and i've done a few but it's more my maple's account's more about maple i have a separate account for me which i don't even put my face on there that much either for that matter but but yeah i think maybe really pushing that hashtag might encourage some people to start uh you know posting more pictures of you know them with their cats out in the woods or at the beach or wherever they go exploring yeah, it's an interesting one from my perspective in that for some reason the community is very female dominated in terms of the photos that get posted and the people who engage. But when you actually think about it, like what you're saying, like males and females both enjoy hiking. You know, cats aren't necessarily a female only pet. Like, you know, there's many males out there who also have cats. So it's, it's just about, I guess, encouraging more males and you know people to come out and celebrate and acknowledge that you know walking a cat is perfectly suitable and acceptable for both males and females. Because what we've found is that the more people we talk to, there are males out there who have cats and who enjoy you know the company of their cats and you know taking them out and going exploring or whatever. It's just for some reason the stories are not as well known or published compared to the females in this community at the moment. Yeah, I'm really, really not sure why that is, but well, maybe we got to uh, start working on that. Yeah, and that's something that um, I'm trying to work on with Cat Explorer is telling more of those um, stories about the males in the community because Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're not pushing those stories enough and not telling them enough, so we need to work harder to do them. Um, but, yeah, I, it was just because I know you and I have spoken about it briefly, so um, it was just something that I wanted to bring up on the podcast and try and encourage everyone to share those stories as well. Yeah, it might take more of a concerted effort for 
for us to like reach out and connect and you know see, try and learn more about other people who might be a little more shy about sharing their stories because i think uh there, there, there's got to be more guys uh, out there with their cats doing really fun outdoor activities than uh, than we see on social media. There's got to be. Yeah, there definitely there has to be. Um, and like even just a few of like the male people are in like my personal group of friends, or like even just like our personal trainers and things like that. Like I didn't realize they had cats and they love cats and they love this idea of cat exploring and um they're now so keen on doing it, but it's not necessarily something that they'd share. They do. So um, it's something that I think I'm, I'm definitely as a, from cat explorers perspective, I'm definitely working harder to try and get those stories and share them. Yeah. I mean, just like anecdotally, like in my social circles, I'm definitely the only person who goes cat exploring male or female. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) Hey, Mabel. Hey buddy. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know you can hear him so i think for everyone out there i'd encourage if you know a cat explorer who's male and you know shine a spotlight on them get them out there and um help trevor who's flying the flag for real men who walk (laughs) their cats so trevor we're coming up to the end of the podcast and before we finish up what we want to do is ask our fast four questions that we ask all our guests the first one is what is one piece of advice you would give to new cat explorers? The most important advice I could impart on a new cat explorer, just just be very, um, you know, receptive to your cat's behavior and how they're reacting and how, how they're feeling about the experience as you, like, incrementally amp up the training. Just, like, do it at a very deliberate pace because I think that's – what's going to work in the long term. Yeah, that definitely does um, resonate with what we've been talking about earlier. Now, what's been the most entertaining comment someone said to you while you've been out and about with Maple? Oh, man. I think the funniest thing someone's mentioned to me, I was on a, a hike here in Portland, like a wooded trail up like a butte, and uh these two uh, women were walking down the hill. I'm going up the hill. And it's pretty thick forest. And we got to talking because not every day somebody sees a cat on a harness and leash in, in the woods. So they wanted to ask me about it. And one of the women just kept going on and on. I should be really careful. There's some big birds and they might come down and swoop us up or swoop maple up. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I think I'd do a good job of running interference, but she was like really adamant that I need to be very careful of these birds in this forest. Nothing happened. We're good. We're still here. And we've gone back to that trail several times since. That's really interesting. It's kind of nice that she was concerned. Um, I suppose Maple thought- is probably smaller than other dogs that she's seen. So maybe that was the first thing. That she's seen. I, I kind of got a vibe. She was being a little facetious, so I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Might sort, of like old, you know? <laughs> sort of like an old wives' tale sort of thing going on. Maybe. <laughs> so, what other cat explorers inspire you? Well, for inspiration, I really like uh, Ukulea, the surfing cat. Just because I know that's something that'll never happen with Maple, and it blows my mind that there's a cat in Hawaii, just like on you know on surfboards with his humans, is getting wet and riding waves. I think that is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. blows my mind. And then uh, I really like uh, I think Indy on the go has been mentioned previously on the podcast. We actually met up with Indy once when they lived in Portland and. He just seems, he's just a rascal. I really like his energy. He's just a fun guy. And he's done a lot of cool hikes. And we've definitely, I've chatted with uh, Indies Human and we bounce ideas and, you know, anecdotes and stories off each other. They've been great. Leon the Adventure Cat also. I like, I like his uh, Instagram account. He seems to be really a mischievous guy and they do a lot of great hikes also in the Pacific Northwest, but out in Spokane. It was nice to see, like, the you know the the mountains and the forest out there because it's a little different on the other side of the Cascades. That's awesome. They're all awesome cat explorers. So, 
what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Maple? I mean, going back to uh, Roar, that, that that was the game changer. I mean, Laura from Roar was the impetus to get me started on this path of cat exploring. You know, I, I, I feel pretty indebted. And never mind just the day-to-day visits there that she's always got so much wisdom to impart on me. It's like, I don't know where I'd be with without them at Roar. Her and Jen are just amazing, and they're, like I said earlier, a huge asset to the cat community here. And also, um, they were the ones who turned me on the first cat of day, so they're not batting a 1,000, but that's no fault of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely have helped you a lot. And their name, like, we live all the way in Sydney in Australia, and their name has come up so many times. So wow, That's um, awesome. Like, definitely not just from you and Maple, but several other cats in the area. So, um, And not necessarily just cat explorers, like cats who don't necessarily explore as well. They've been really helpful for them. So um, oh, definitely so someone to check out. Yeah, definitely a testament that they're doing good work when you can hear it halfway across the world. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they care so much, and obviously it shows if they're getting recognition out there. <laughs> yep, yeah, definitely. I know where I'm going to go if, I, if we ever end up in Portland. <laughs> so, Trevor, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Where can we find you and Maple online? Uh, our Instagram handle is uh, at Maple the Muse, M-E-W-S. And, uh, you know, we do one post every morning. It's a daily dose of maple sweetness. And come along for the ride. He's a fun dude. And Trevor, did you want to give a shout out to a uh, nonprofit that you're volunteering at? Yeah, the nonprofit I'm volunteering at is uh, Meow Village. And that's also their Instagram handle. And that's where I adopted Maple. They're a feral cat rescue. So they do a lot of work. We're like trapping uh, cat colonies and rehoming them to like barns or wineries if they're not going to be like domestic or if they find a pregnant cat, the kittens get adopted out to like warm, loving homes like Maple did with me. I love that. I think that's such a clever approach to really, you know, find the suitable homes for these cats, which, you know, might not all be good for domestic life, but are still good in, and still have so much to offer. Absolutely. Every, every cat deserves a, 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 a chance at a, at a good, healthy, loving life, no matter what, you know, their, their needs are, whether they're going to be indoors and like want to like snuggle with you, or they're just going to be working cats, you know, taking care of a rodent problem on a farm. They all deserve to, you know, live a great life. So what we'll do is we'll put all those links and any other links from today's episode in the show notes available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. So many of you have reached out and asked how you can support Cat Explorer and the work we do. If you love what we do, feel free to buy something from our online store at catexplorer.co. One dollar from each sale goes to the Dog Star Foundation and the rest of the proceeds help us support you create this podcast and all the other resources we create to help you with cat exploring thank you so much for being a part of the cat explorer community that's it for today we'll catch you next time in the meantime enjoy giving your kitty the world <laughs>